You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. Good morning to our Grace DC family and to our friends from around the globe. My name is Remargo Yancey, one of the pastors of Grace Meridian Hill. It's my pleasure to open God's word with you this morning. But first, let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we pause and pray because we need you. We're desperate for you. We're longing for you, God. Particularly, we're longing for your return. Until then, O oh Lord, strengthen our faith, even today, as we hear from your word. In your name we pray. Amen. How long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? Is the cry of David's heart throughout many of the Psalms. This may be the cry of your heart this morning. It certainly was the cry of Cassandra's heart when she went down to the courthouse yet again to receive a restraining order against her adversary. She arrived early to see Judge Bachman and was told that he was not available. She was discouraged, distraught, confused, and upset. Outside the courtroom, she discussed the need to see the judge to an attendant that was at the door. This was to no avail. Everyone in the courtroom could hear the conversation as her voice escalated. Eventually, she turned and walked away. After hearing her outside, the judge left his bench and went after her down the long hallway of the courthouse. He escorted her back to the courtroom. Eventually, he put his hand on her neck, escorted her through the courtroom, and sat her down to be sentenced. Judge Bachman had no regard for her plea. He charged her with contempt of court, that is, for open disrespect of the court, and perhaps he took it personally. He ended up sentencing her to 10 days in jail. You see, there is great discouragement when we face injustices again and again and again. This can lead lead to a failure to live by faith. It becomes easier to go through life looking to the facade of my own control and trust that the status quo will be what it will be. Jesus lived in a day much like our own. He looked out and recognized that his people were harassed by the authorities and they were being taken advantage of over and over again. Leaders created unjust laws that suited their own interests rather than serving those in the margins of society. There was a mass manipulation by some religious leaders on one hand and a misunderstanding about what God required from his word on the other. On top of all that, there was disease, ongoing pandemics, and the daily pressures of life in a fallen world. There were and still are injustices all around. What does God do in the midst of all this? God makes us a promise. God promises to bring justice at the return of Jesus We see this in verse 8. Jesus asks, when the Son of Man comes, 
will he find faith on earth? Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. He teaches his disciples that his return will be a great surprise. No one knows the time nor the hour, but we can expect that life will be going on as usual. Jesus gives an example of what this will be like because he reflected back to the days of Noah in the passage right before this one. He said people were eating and drinking, marrying and being given into marriage. As soon as Noah and his family were in the ark, the big boat, the floodwaters came and God brought judgment on the earth. When Jesus returns, he will judge the earth as God's appointed judge. Many will be eating and drinking and and doing what they usually do, but will he find those who are faithful when he comes? What are you to do if you have not called on Jesus as your Savior? The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found and accept him. As your savior, whoever trusts in him will put their faith in him over and over again. One of the markers of this type of faithfulness to Jesus in prayer for his return is indeed prayer. Jesus tells us a parable, a story that illustrates truth to the effect that we are to pray and not lose heart. So while we wait, friends, for the return of our King, our King Jesus, we must pray to the God who hears. We must lift up our cries of help to the God that delivers. And we must pray to the God who rewards. Friends, we must pray to the God who hears our cries for help. In this parable, We have a widow who goes from before an unjust judge asking again and again with one desperate plea, give me justice against my adversary. She cries for help. The widow represents those in that society that are most vulnerable, but also those that know how needy they are of God's gracious help like you, friends. And like me, widows during that those times were young and old. They were rich and poor. Most often, many were destitute, lacking basic necessities in life, and they were in need. We think of the widow in the temple that gave less than a penny in an offering to God. Jesus said she gave all that she had, even more than those who were giving out of their great wealth. She gave by faith. Widows had houses, too, that were being taken advantage of by some of the leaders. Jesus reflects on this fact in Luke 22 when he says some of the leaders would devour widow houses. The widow in the parable needed the judge to grant her justice against someone that was attempting to take advantage of her. She kept crying out to him, for she was in desperate need of help. This posture of crying out for help to God has been seen throughout Scripture. 
When the children of Israel faced the injustice of slavery and ill treatment in Egypt, their cries reached the ears of God. When Hannah prayed in the temple for his son, son, she cried out to God. Daniel prayed three times a day. And when this was not allowed by the king, he still prayed and God heard his cry. Many other prophets prayed to God and cried out to him in desperation for the people of God. Jesus often cried out to God with loud cries. The Bible says he would often slip away to solitary places where he prayed. God gave me and my family a real treat earlier this summer. We saw robins fast at work. They were building a nest in front of the tree in our yard. And before we know it, there was a nest. And then we heard the sounds of baby birds. They were chirping. They were crying out. Uh, for their parents to feed them. And then we would see mother and father Robin feeding their children every day, throughout the day, every night, even throughout the night. And before we know it, those little baby birds weren't babies anymore. Their voices got stronger. Their cry got stronger. And then eventually they were able to search for their own food. Friends, you may not be confident right now that God hears you when you pray. For you may have been crying out for help. Some of you may have been praying for a new job in this current economy. The unemployment benefits may have run dry. Others know what it's like to ask God to take an ailing and and threatening disease from you. It could be cancer or perhaps someone right now is struck with coronavirus. You hear the Lord's encouragement to pray and it just doesn't feel like heaven hears because the answer hasn't come. Friends, God hears you. This is what God says through uh, Peter in 1 Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And then in 1 John 5, 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. And then going back a little further in Jeremiah 29, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. We know God hears our cry for justice. And we must pray to God to deliver us out of every trouble. In verse 7, it begins, this is narratives, when Jesus tells us that the judge did not fear God nor did he have regard for man. The many times that the widow came to him with the same request, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice against my adversary. And this was the number of times that he refused her. Then he relented. 
Why did the unjust judge change his mind? The unjust judge did not care about anyone except himself and his own comforts. He said, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Friends, if this is the reason an unjust judge delivers a person out of trouble, how much more will God deliver you? You may feel you may not feel delivered and your situation looks dire. If God said it, he will do it. You are in the father's hand. You're the apple of his eye. You are the elect, the Bible says, the chosen people of God, a royal priesthood. You know what this means? This means that you are very special to God because you are his children. You are his child. You're his beloved. He will not fail to rescue us. William Kemkwande tells a story of a time growing up in Malawi. The entire country was facing a massive food shortage. He remembers how much trouble he faced along with others in his village, in his community. Many of them were starving to death. He had to take his loyal dog even to the woods to let him go in peace. He could no longer feed him. They were counting down the days to the harvest, though, the harvest of the corn. If he could stay alive for 22 days is what he told himself, they would be delivered. That day came. God heard their cry. God answered their prayer. William and his friend gathered food for their entire family. One of the first things that they did, and this struck me deeply because throughout the book that he wrote, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, there was no mention of praising God, of giving praise to God, of worshiping God. But when God provided the corn for them, the sustenance that they may stay alive, they praised God. They worshiped God. They gave thanks for, to God for delivering them from hunger and starvation. Give praise to the God that delivers you out of trouble now and in the life to come. As we learned this past summer from our study of Hebrews 11, God delivers his people in many different ways. Some live through adversity and others are dispatched home to glory. Do you believe that God is a deliverer? Schools are starting back and the thought is terrifying. Some of you are asking, do I have what it takes? Will I have enough to survive each day? And you know the answer to that. No, but God. Parenting, even while working full time, has not been easy. But God. The Lord has shown you parts of your heart that has brought you to tears lately, even through your parenting or through a broken relationship. But God. So much of life feels like it's just riding on your shoulder. Others of you may have a deadline at work and it feels daunting because there's so much in the day for you to take care of, take care of. But God, now, friends, it's a great time to pray to him for deliverance. God is able to deliver you from any trouble. It may not be in your timing, 
There may be more that he is teaching you and growing in you as his child. But in an ultimate sense, God will deliver you now and forevermore. Will you trust him in this upcoming season? Will you remain in faithful prayer? Take heart. God will not delay to provide all that you need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We wait for the return of Jesus, the righteous judge. And while we do, we must pray to the God who hears our cries for help. And while we do, we must pray to the God who delivers us out of every trouble. And we must pray to the God who rewards those who seek him. Jesus asks this question in verse 8. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? As we learned from Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. What is the great reward for those who believe in Jesus? Romans 8, 32 says, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? What shall bring any charge against God's elect, God's chosen, God's children? It is God who justifies. We have been forgiven of our sins, friends, and washed clean by the blood of the Lamb on the cross. We do not stand before God condemned, but ready to receive his gracious reward. This reward is Jesus, the righteous judge. Jesus will bring an end to all injustices in the world, whether small or great. Neighbor will not hate neighbor because of the color of their skin. Where there are Twitter wars and other wars, they will cease. Your struggle with addiction will finally be lifted. Your children will behave perfectly, and so will you. Our politicians will be free of playing a never-ending game of chess. We will finally be free from the presence of sin in the world. Our adversaries will finally be put to rest, especially Satan and his minions. We will feast with the Lord in the house of Zion forever and ever in holy matrimony unhindered. He is our great reward. Jesus says in Revelation 22, surely I am coming soon. And we say with the apostle John, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Judge Bachman rewarded Cassandra with an unlikely sentence for someone coming to help. Well, coming to him for help. She looked to him as the only person who could do something about her situation. Within seven days, he was fired from his position for how he had accosted her and mistreated her. Cassandra was delivered out of jail by another judge before her 10-day sentence was up. The just judge heard her plea for help, and he granted her justice against her adversaries.
Friends, like Pastor Cyril explained last week, God got your back. We must not give up on looking to God to fulfill our needs in these turbulent times. He will reward you with the motivation and grace to keep going. I know some of you may be struggling with depression during this time and and anxiety. You may not feel like praying. Press on, dear brother. Press on, dear sister. God hears the prayers of the downcast. Others are longing for a time when the pressure to put on a mask will have ended. We all preferably look forward to the day when God will reward us with being present with one another in our churches. That's a foretaste of how he will reward us at the coming of the Son of Man. We will all be together, worshiping, praising, living him unhindered. Friends, Jesus had to suffer many things on earth and be rejected by sinful men. In order to give justice to his children for whom he foreloved, God did not delay to bring the punishment on Jesus that you and I deserved. He was swift. Even when Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God did not show mercy to Jesus. His cry was not heard. The full judgment of God was satisfied through Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus was not delivered. God did this so that you and I would know true justice and true love. On the third day, Jesus rose victorious over the grave. He was resurrected. He ascended to heaven. He is now ruling righteously and his ear is attentive to our cries for help. One day he will return to judge the living and the dead. He will deliver us and be our great reward. While we wait for his return, we make our petitions known to our heavenly father who is faithful to keep us until that day. Friends, this is the greatest news ever. This is our great hope that Jesus hears us now. He's with us now and he will surely return. This is why Jesus taught us how to pray. He taught us the Lord's prayer. He taught us to pray in this way. And I want us to end praying this prayer together. Let's pray, friends. Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.